So here in St. Louis, they're instituting some sort of mask mandate where you got to literally have the mask on while working out. Luckily, there's a Jefferson County, uh, a place called Jefferson County right down the road. So I've been driving there. It went. It took my gym time uh, to drive there from nine minutes to 30. So this is the first day the, the mandate uh, got initiated. And I was already, because like, I'm downgrading the gym so much. Like I have this super sick lifetime here and I got to go back to this exist 30 minutes away. So I was already in a bad mood. And so I hop on the highway and I just throw that fucker in autopilot, the Tesla, and I'm just cruising in autopilot because I, I really trust autopilot at this point. And like I'm, I'm doing some like stock work on my phone and I just driving and I'm, and I look down and no, I'm sorry. I'm looking down and right when I look up, I see a massive 18 wheel, 18 wheeler tire right in the middle of the road. And I like, it was like a half a second away and I go, yep. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. And I knew that, dude. And I already woke up this morning and I missed my haircut. I missed trading. I like slept in because my alarms didn't wake me up. So it was literally the butterfly effect of since I missed trading, uh, since I didn't wake up for trading, uh, I didn't wake up in time for my haircut. Since I didn't wake up in time for my haircut, I took that path, which led me into um, hitting that tire. And yeah, but here's the really good thing. The damage isn't even that bad. Technically, I probably could get away with just ripping that wrap off, just throwing another fucking layer on there. But I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I might as well just replace the whole front bumper. I mean, we'll see what they say. But it, the, the, the damage is definitely there. But the damage that could have happened is immense because think about it. First of all, I've learned my lesson to not just trust the autopilot. Like you got to at least keep one eye on the road every couple seconds because I, pr- I probably could have seen that tire coming for a while. But I was I was doing something on Robin Hood where I was like placing a, a limit order or something. And I just happened to look up and <laughs> not funny, but ironically, there's two cars behind me that also smoked it because I know because I pulled off on the nearest exit and I saw two cars pull off on the exit too. And they, I think they were out of commission because they were like calling their insurance or whatever. So the way I see it is like I, what could have easily, easily happened. Cause I remember there, the reason I didn't swerve right away is cause I have good reaction time and I knew there was a car on my right, but like so many bad scenarios could have happened. I could have hit that tire on autopilot and that could have jerked me out of, autopilot and slammed me into this car and now we're talking about potentially body bodily injury to both of us and probably two total cars maybe a couple more since it was on the highway but it's it's just so weird to think about how it all started because I didn't do the one thing I was supposed to do and that was wake up at 8 a.m. I just slept right through all my alarms I don't know how I did that Um, so it's it's really interesting how when you don't go with like uh what's what's that big sean song stick to the plan stick to the plan yeah so i didn't stick to the plan oh and then but yeah uh that's that's just the way i try to keep my mentality on certain situations it's not going to cost much at all to make uh to fix just today it's just like i made another 4500 in stocks i made a couple thousand in crypto crypto's going crazy so it's just like it's funny how it's just like literally 20% probably of what I made today. And that was just in those two um, income sources. I got like eight others. Just a very small percentage of what I made today is going to pay for the whole fix. Now, the interesting thing, I mean, the complicated thing is definitely going to be the wrap job because now I'm going to have to buy another sheet of wrap, which is 4000 just to, to fix that one part. But anyway, I feel like you can't, like what's a, uh, the universe works mentally. I think Kendrick Lamar said that the best. So, and uh, I don't know, I think I was saying this on the live the other day, but perspective is like insanely important. And I learned, I've always known that, but I really learned this lesson uh, in a weird way where I have this balcony outside with a beautiful view, but when you're sitting on the couch or the hammock, uh, you're looking through the glass. And sometimes that glass is really dirty. And most people in this building just do not clean that glass. But I like to clean that glass. I, I'm always washing it. I try to clean it once a week. I got the Windex. Uh, I got this like Windex uh, window cleaner that you can like reach far places with. Because I was like, you know, it's so important. It's like I have this view. I don't want it to be foggy. It's just like how I could never wear sunglasses that have scratches on them. Or I could never have a TV with a bunch of like 
dead pixels or anything. That's, that's a little different. But I just never wanted anything to impede my vision because I never wanted to think in my head, oh, there's a this this is cool, but I know that there's a better there's a better uh, more attractive way. I feel the same with my car because I, the reason I didn't get like a 100D. Uh, and got the P100D is because if I got the 100D, I would never be satisfied because I'd always be thinking there's a better option. And then I got the better option. And now I'm super happy with that. And that's just the way I work. You know, it's like getting an Aventador. Do you want to get the Aventador? Or do you want to get the Aventador SVJ? Because one's going to, I don't know. I'm That's just the way I am. But back to the window na- analogy, I realize your view is only as attractive as the wind your view is only as good as the windows you keep and that has that is packed full of symbolism because i could have such a sick view in my apartment say like i have like a lot if you guys haven't seen it before i have a lot of windows in this apartment but if all those and and like i'm 25 stories up and i'm looking all over like the st louis skyline i'm seeing just miles and miles and miles of beautiful trees and buildings and stuff but if all my windows were super dirty and fogged up and muddy and something like that, maybe a bird took a shit or multiple did, like a, a bird drive-by. there's a bird drive-by on all my windows, I, like the view, it would still be there, but it would be under this fog. It would be caked up. It would, you wouldn't be able to see the true beauty of what's in front of you simply because of the windows you keep. And the windows are a symbol of perspective and just being grateful and just general gratefulness. You know, they say that, some of the most there, I forget the, what was going on. Joe Rogan talked about it, but somewhere in San Francisco, all these kids being born into these hundred million dollar, you know, billionaire families, they're killing themselves because their perspective is so off. I mean, I literally, I remember I talked to this one girl in LA and we got on the topic of dishes and I'm like, and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Cause I've never rinsed a dish before. And I go, what do you mean? You've never rinsed a dish before. Just, Let's just make this clear right now. This she was twenty, she was nineteen or twenty years old, I believe. And I'm like, how have you never rinsed a dish? She's like, I don't know. I just usually have a maid do it or something. I'm like, my God, that's some disconnect right now. So that person's perspective on the world is going to be vastly different than someone like me, than someone like you, most of you out there. Uh, because if they like, for example, if I have to rinse a dish, I it doesn't even come to mind like oh this is horrible but if she has to rinse a dish her happiness goes down uh because her perspective of life is i've never had to do this dirty work now i have to it's kind of like dan bilzerian said how money doesn't buy happiness but it can destroy it doesn't buy happiness it helps it but can destroy it because if my favorite car ever was a mustang in high school and I got it in high school, I'd be at a 10 out of 10. But if I got a Mustang right now, fuck, I'd be like a 4 out of 10. I hate Mustangs. I don't hate Mustangs as much as Corvettes, though. No offense to anyone who has a Corvette. Jacob, if you're watching this, I apologize. Uh, I don't think I ever even told you this. My least favorite car in the world is a Corvette. I like yours. It's cool. Uh, but for personal reasons and aesthetic reasons and just my perspective on on the Corvettes has been skewed massively for me to have an ill opinion of them, for sure. Jacob, I know you're watching. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but that's really what it's all about. Um, it's crazy how a change of perspective can can shift everything. When I first started in stocks, like the stocks have been working out really well between you and me, guys. Just in the past three weeks, I've made 22000 profit on stocks. But the first like six months... Yeah, about six months I was doing it. I was just losing money, big time losing money. And it was so frustrating. And I know, and I was just like, I can't believe it. I'm seeing all these people. So I was, I was seeing everybody make money and I was just losing money. I'm like, how can I be losing money when the stock market's like, was that an all-time loan just going up? And, and if I would have just kept focusing on how much money I lost and how everybody else is making money but me, I probably would have given up. I probably would have given up. I literally almost gave up a month ago. Um, thank God I didn't. When I say almost, I, it was like the first time the thought crossed my head, but I, I wasn't close to giving up, just to be clear. But I think a game changer for me was I realized like a month or two ago that the money I've lost in stocks 
is basically like a tuition that you pay a college, but I was paying mine to the trading gods here. And almost every successful trader I've met has lost a significant amount at the start and then made that a thousand times over afterwards because you have to make those mistakes. And that's why 90% of people lose. But when you, when you go into a situation with a certain perspective, your perspective generally dictates your worldview, just like how a, a window's cleanliness generally dictates how well the view is going to be. Because if that window's not clean, man, you could have the most beautiful view in the world. But if it's all dirty, you're going to have an outlook on this on this view as it's this dirty, like foggy place. When someone with a less significant view with a perfectly clean window is going to really th- see that and be like, this is beautiful because they can see clearly the world as the way it is. Unfortunately, a lot of people will just let celebrities dictate their entire perspective on the world. Like I, I see it all the time. It's just like, well, I have this thought in my head and I think I believe this, but my favorite TikToker just posted the opposite thing and she tweeted about it too. I don't want to feel like an outcast. I don't want to feel left out. I'm going to change who I am. So I can fit this person's perspective. So hopefully one day we can be friends too. It's never going to happen. If like, it, it, if you like it's the perspective. And again, I try to make this clear on every podcast. When I hit record on that camera, I hope I hit record on that camera. You know, just, just to be safe. Cause you all know my fear. I don't hit the record. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Let me get back to it. Oh, man, that that has not happened yet. The closest that happened was the human. But when um, since the universe works mentally, if you just shift your perspective, you're literally the the universe shifts with your perspective. You know, that's that's how it is. You want to like when I was busing, I I, I had trouble with this because I'd have horrible days for sure. I mean. I was busting around 12 hours a day sometimes, and it was just awful. But I, my perspective on that situation was I'm happy and I'm grateful that I have these jobs to make me the money to push me on to California where my next chapter will begin. If I just kept focusing on horrible, how horrible the job is, I might have quit and I would have never made the money and I would have never proceed, proceeded to – LA's like perspective is so important for those of you who saw the Jared Getz podcast. He talks about that. He said that when he built his first business to like a million dollars and then lost everything and moved back with his mom, he read a book. I wish I could remember the book. Something I think it's a autobiography of a Yogi. Maybe I don't know, but basically he said that he read this book and then he got an email and the book was all about being selfless, uh, changing your perspective, being centered, and uh, just giving with nothing uh, expecting return, just all that. And so when he got hit up by Yik Yak, Yik Yak wanted him to help grow their following through the through like events and stuff. And he said if he wouldn't have read that book, he probably would have manipulated the relationship to to further his personal brand and use them instead of help them. And he said if he would have done that, it would have failed for sure. And he would have never made the money he did with Yik Yak, got the shares, and it would have never set that foundation for the next part. So if he lost everything, changed his perspective, and then got granted this opportunity that would have fallen through if he didn't change his perspective. So you can see a simple change in perspective can literally shift everything about your entire life. Man, ain't that the truth? I actually uh, filmed a podcast on Sunday and I talked about this on my live and it was, it was an hour and 10 minutes. I'm going to have to go through, I'm going to have to re go through the questions that I already went through at the end of this. It was an hour and 10 minutes of me pure freestyle. I went, I didn't even talk. I think I talked like twice maybe, but pure freestyle. That's it guys. I freestyle for an hour and 10 minutes. And the last 30 minutes was me um, answering questions that you guys sent me. But I don't know. There's a, I don't know, there's a fine line between being yourself and and keeping that perspective, you know, on things. I realize that like not everybody's going to want that. 
I had fun making it, but I also, I also never really wanted to, um, I never wanted to make things inconsistent. But with that being said, I am going to film that freestyle podcast, but I'm going to do it with my buddy, um, with my buddy Ben, because he's the one who taught me everything I did know about freestyling. So I think it's going to be cool to do an entire interview, nothing but freestyling. So that's what we're going to do. It was like, because like 40 minutes of just me freestyling about nothing. Um, I mean, there's some cool stuff in there, but I personally wouldn't listen to something like that unless it was like Harry Mack. Harry Mack is the best freestyler in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the way it goes. So that's... And nowadays, a lot of people, I talked to someone about this recently too, and I definitely talked about this in the past, but people want to know what the biggest change that that has happened in the past two years to me, like what the biggest difference has been. And the biggest difference has been people's perspective on me and people's perspective on every single thing I say. Because now, when I say something, it's no longer coming from some kid who's just a busser who dropped out of college. It's coming from someone who's made millions online. And so that shifts everything. And it's coming from a quote-unquote wealthy person. It's no longer come from, from this fucking kid. And that's a good and a bad thing because if I make a joke, they can take it a certain way where it seems like I'm making fun of them now because a lot of people think I'm in a position where I'm talking down when I would be saying the same thing years ago. And that's the biggest difference that money brings, in my opinion. As long as you keep it true with yourself, the biggest difference is going to become other people's perspectives and other people's opinions on you. But at the same time, there's a lot of snakes in the grass out here, and that's why I keep my circle extremely small. Extreme. You know how many people from high school have hit me up that I haven't talked to in years? People from college that just completely abandoned me when I dropped out of college and I was at my absolute lowest point in my life, do you know how many people just completely stopped talking to me and all of a sudden now they want to hang out? Can't be doing that. Can't be doing that. So the the main people, pretty much the only people I hang out with nowadays uh, in terms of males are definitely all the people I was hanging out with when I was 18 uh, because they, those people I was hanging out with were, when I was 18 are the same people I was hanging out with when I dropped out of college and came home uh, when I was 20. And they stuck with me through it. I was able, I hated my house so much. It, I, my whole life, I only wanted some a uh, place I could be proud to call my home, and I never had that until I moved into 212. And because of that, those people, those were the houses I was at. My friend Logan, all the, like he would like when I was say I wanted to hang out with a girl, definitely can't bring her to my house. That's hell, super embarrassing. So I would be like, so Logan, he would help. He would let me like have friends over into his dude. This guy's not even home, and it's just his parents in the house. And I would just pull up to the backyard with a friend or a couple friends, and we'd start a bonfire. They were completely okay with it because they knew the situation. Um at home. And so it's people like that. People like my friend, Tony, who we'd hang out at his house all the time, all the time. And I would always, I would basically, the way I would live life is I would be a busser all day. And whenever I was not busing, my one job was get away from my house, get away. And so that caused an issue because it it was hard to work and that's why I didn't really start, I didn't start drop shipping until I moved out of that house into my friend Jesse's house. And that's when I started drop shipping and doing social media because finally I was in a place where I was okay to be. I was okay to be here. Not even okay. I was more than proud to be here. And because of that, my perspective, see how it's going all the way back. My perspective on everything shifted because my environment shifted. So when your environment shifts, your perspective shifts, but If you're a true master of your mind, it won't matter either way because the perspective you have should be that brand new Windex clean window, motherfucker. That's what it really comes down to. And so 
the fact that everybody's perspective on me has shifted does not mean that my perspective on everybody else has shifted because my perspective is the exact same as it was the past couple of years. I haven't really talked to them. Um, why are they talking to me now? Like there's a reason we haven't communicated in years. And obviously there's a reason that you're, so I guess my perspective has shifted in the sense of if anybody hits me up that I haven't talked to in years, I know they're only hitting me up just to get drop shipping advice or try to hang out around, uh, uh, hang out around uh, successful people. And, you know, I've heard you're, you're the, your income's the equivalent of your five best friends. <laughs> so let me surround myself with successful people. That'll make me successful, right? It's like these people who hang out with celebrities, who hang out with famous people, and then think by hanging out with famous people, they're famous. Yo, you can't be, you're not going to magically become successful just because you're around successful people, nor will you be around successful people unless you're successful. That is just the way it is. And I never understood that when I was growing up. Uh, but now that I'm in a position like that, I totally understand it because it's the relatableness. They say it's separation by elevation. And so the higher you go up, the more separate you're going to be. Hey, that's, that's the way of the world. And you can't get mad at the world. You got to change your perspective if you want your environment to change. Not necess- And also at the same time, you got to change your environment a lot of times to change your perspective. But if you're a true master of the mind, the environment won't be, won't matter. But my environment definitely mattered because it was such a big part of, of what I do and how I, how I grew up and everything. Hell yeah. If you guys haven't seen that new video, on the, my, my most life-changing books, the books are what separated me uh, the books is what changed my perspective on life in, in itself, especially how to win friends and influence people. The fact that it teaches you not only to, when you're talking to someone, talk about them, that has nothing to do with it. It it teaches you how to have a genuine interest in everybody around you and realize that in every scenario, every person has something that they're superior to you then. And that's what you got to respect at the end of the day. Um, I've never done Amazon. I didn't, first of all, I didn't make that video at all to make money because I think you get like maybe 3% or whatever from an Amazon sale, but I've seen 35 people. I mean, there's been 35 of those books ordered. Like 30 people have placed 35 orders. I just pulled it up right now because I was interested, but that's really cool because that's 35, that's 35 life changing moves right there potentially. Um, and guess what? I made 15 bucks from that. So thank you very much. Um, but the, I hate the word, but the entrepreneur in me, I got to add the affiliate links on Amazon, on Amazon products. So that's cool. Amazon affiliates who would have ever thought how far we've come. But, um, let me get back to the emails right there. Yeah, that, that's just, um, something that's been on my mind a lot. Perspective perspective and unfortunately a lot of times you it's it's like almost impossible to change someone's perspective about someone uh because of the things they do and that's where i guess forgiveness comes in but ultimately the most important thing to perspective is gratefulness because if you're not grateful they uh what's his name oh my gosh denzel washington he said be grateful for the blessings that you haven't received yet because when you feel like something is it will become I added that last part, FYI. <laughs> but he always said, be grateful for the things that you haven't received yet. So instead of having your perspective be like, oh, I don't like my life right now. Oh, I don't like uh, my girlfriend. She's a bitch. I want to slap her in the face, but I can't change that. Look for the good in everybody. Look for the good. Look for the good. Because when you see the good, you become the good. It's just like those windows, man. It's just like those windows. You gotta keep you gotta keep a clean window, and you gotta keep maintenance uh, maintenance on the window. And I think the way you keep maintenance, honestly, is just by reading books. The, when you read books, you're cleaning your 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 eyes, basically. You're cleaning your brain more like it. You're you're giving your brain a detox when you meditate and you read a book. And I'm talking nonfiction uh, books. 
I wish there was a better word than self-help. I really don't like the connotation that comes with a self-help book. I don't know, it's a weird thing, but at the end of the day, you change your perspective and you change your life. It's just like Gary and Jones's book, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life. That's just another way to say. It. I guess I guess mindset and perspective are basically the same thing. Um I guess mindset is more of a mindset you're going into it while perspective is a current uh, situation. But that's besides the point. So anyway, guys, I would say the things that have affected my perspective the most by far are the books and paying attention to people just in general. It's like if you pay attention to people, you start to understand what what sounds good, what looks good, and what doesn't. Because I've seen so many people who do certain things, and then those certain things give off a weird vibe. And then you, if you're aware, you can tell the the vibe in the room shifts. And then you're like, okay, this is not a socially acceptable thing to do. Like maybe he, that guy shouldn't have tried to. Ah, I'm not even gonna go there. I don't. I don't know what I'm saying. But that's what it comes down to. By the way, there's a, I know I did a story. I did like a podcast on getting robbed. I, I covered when the ninjas robbed me. Uh, I covered when that homeless man in Santa Monica tried to rob me. But one thing I did not cover was when two separate Uber Eats drivers tried to rob me in my apartment. The one I'm, not the one I'm in right now, but the the building I'm in right now. The first time was when I moved into the big unit with the corner. That was in February. And I had to get the AT&T guy out. So the AT&T guy comes and he's just chilling here. And he's hooking up the internet. And I order Buffalo Wild Wings. And I see the guys coming. And uh, I remember usually they come to the door, they knock, and then they give it to you. And I was just standing in the living room. And the guy, I hear, I hear the like the the AT and T guys by the door because he's installing the internet there, and I hear it open and close. And so the AT and T guy must have left. I turn around and there's just a stranger in my building. I mean, in my apartment. I'm telling you, no knock. There was not. There was no mention of a knock, and there was no sound of a knock. This guy was just standing in my apartment, and he goes for Scott, and I was like, yeah. Like, this dude's six, like, this guy was easily six, seven. This guy's massive, probably 260 pounds. He hands me my food and then uh, turns around and leaves. And the AT&T guy was like, what the fuck was that? Like, have you ever seen that guy before? And I go, I have never seen that guy before in my entire life. That was my Uber Eats driver. He goes, what the fuck, man? The guy didn't even knock. And I'm like, you got that right. I'm going to start telling him to leave it at the door. So that was my, <clears throat> man, this hat's getting itchy. So that was my uh, that was my thing. I was like, okay, well, I guess I shouldn't have an interaction with the Uber Eats people anymore. So I thought by from now on just saying, oh, I'm not home. Can you leave it at the door? Because I didn't want to be a dick or anything. I didn't want anyone to think I was like some uppity, uppity guy. So I, I started telling the Uber Eats drivers, I'm not home right now. Please leave it at the door. And I'll leave you a good tip. Thank you. And it always worked until about two months later, I I was ordering some sort of food. It was late too. It was like 1 a.m. I ordered the food and the guy was pulling up and I messaged him and I go, hey, I'm not home right now, but if you could leave it at the door, I'll leave a nice tip. And he was about three minutes away, sent it to him and he goes, okay. And then something told me, I'm like, maybe I should check and see if the door is open or not. Like, I, I usually always lock it because ever since the ninjas robbed me, I have this weird thing where I always lock a door behind me no matter what door it is. And sometimes I've locked my fucking self out of the house because of that. But I go, okay, let me go check the door. Let me just make sure. So I walk over to the door and it was unlocked. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I locked it. And I went back onto the couch couple minutes go by and all of a sudden I hear like a, like a, let me, um, like something like that. Like, uh, I'm trying to, okay. It sounded like this. Let me yeah. turn the mic to this way. 
And I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then another, it started getting louder. I'm like, what? So I, I go up to the door and I look through the eye hole and I see this guy just trying to rip my door down. Like he's looking left and right and he's just trying to yank on the handle as hard as possible. Again, remember, this guy thinks I am not home, but really I am four inches away from his face right now and he has zero idea of him just trying to yank my door off. And then like, I think he was 100% on crack. Like this was crack addict shit all the way because he started looking underneath of my neighbor's like newspapers. He was like looking for a hidden key, bro. I'm not leaving a hidden key just sitting around my apartment. He was like looking under my doormat and everything. He's looking left and right again. And he starts yanking on the door again. I'm like, you got to be kidding me right now. And I was, just, I remember looking, this was over a year ago, but I remember looking through the eye hole and I'm like, I cannot believe that this is actually happening right now. Like, this is actually happening right now. I'm watching this guy try to break into my door, thinking I'm not home, right through the eye hole, and he has no idea. I'm just watching him. And so, get this. I reported to Uber, and they don't even fire him. They just acted like it was all cool. I What I should have done, well, two things I should have done. One, I should have called the cops. But if it was nowadays, guys, like, I got that AR-15, and a nine millimeter. I'm I'm packing Scotty's strap nowadays. Scotty with the stick. I would have pulled that thing out and just scared the fucking living shit out of him. Because, okay, let me take that back. I probably wouldn't have pulled a gun on him. I probably did the right thing. <laughs> I probably would have gotten in trouble if I pulled a gun on him. But I don't know. I don't know. Missouri's very lenient with guns, luckily. I don't know how, what it comes down to in terms of uh, apartment building like this. Like, I wonder if the fact I'm renting an apartment in the apartment building, if someone was trying to break into my apartment, if I had the authority to pull a gun on them, or, I mean, if he attacked, shoot him. Like, I don't know what the what the law would be right there. Because if, if you shoot a gun in an apartment, you are fucked. I know one of my buddy's girlfriend got shot in the leg through her roof because some guy was cleaning their gun and it shot off right through and shot it right in the fucking leg. So that stuff actually happens for sure. So ever since then, guys, I have not trusted an Uber Eats driver ever. I just tell them, put it at the door and that's it. But then COVID hit and obviously now I, I just pick it up in the, in the lobby. But in terms of Uber Eats stories, that's the last one I think I have. I've, I've ordered Uber Eats probably damn near 100 times now. It's a really bad habit. I try to, it's funny, I like try to eat healthy all the time. So I'll only buy healthy foods and I won't allow any like snack type of things in my house. And then I just end up getting Uber Eats anyway. I will say last year, I'm actually going to do a live reaction for this right now because I know that last year I was really shocked to find out that in 2019, I spent um, $25,000 on food last year, which is just crazy, right? Like, why am I doing this to myself? But let's see real quick how much I've spent this year on food. Because I'm thinking it could be even longer. Um, so so $15,000 so far. On food, on the personal card, 4000 in groceries. But the groceries, so last year, my grocery expense was $1,400, and I spent 25000 on food. So you can see I just did not buy groceries back then. Like, literally, I did not buy groceries. I was Uber eating and eating out all the time because I was always like, damn, I wonder what it would be like to eat out all the time. Like, just eat out everywhere eat out at restaurants, eat out a girl, eat out at the quick trip. It doesn't even matter. What if that's all I did? And $25,000 later, I realized, okay, that was pretty cool. That was pretty sick. That was, that was a fun time. And I still like, I eat out probably at least once a day, food-wise. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but you know, I, nah, I'm saying like I actually do eat out once a day. Uh, let's see, food and drink. So four thousand. So so far this year, I've spent nineteen thousand dollars on food and drink. So that's outside of the groceries. 
So I'm on track to hit another 25. So I, I spend about $25,000 a year on food or just eating out. Damn. See, my perspective on that needs to shift really quick. Really quick. Okay, well, see, and then it goes back to the theme of this podcast. If I just shifted my perspective on that, I'd probably be a healthier person with, a, with a, at this point, I'd probably have like $30,000 extra. <laughs> that is crazy, guys. Um, if I just shifted my mentality, but you know, I just like it. I just like it a lot. Damn, that's crazy. So I guess 40% of what I've spent on my personal card has been food. Oh, my God. Like, it's so funny because I'm looking at my statement right now, and I just see, like, Peel, First Watch, Cafe Napoli, John P. Fields, First Watch, Peel, CJ Muggs, Granite City uh, Granite City Pub, QT, Cybergs, Andy's Frozen Custard. And, guys, this is the past Oh my God, five days. That's how many times I've eaten out in the past five days. (laughs) But hey, change your perspective, change your life. That's really what it comes down to. So, but here, okay, here's the thing with that though. And say what you want about Dan Locke. I don't know much about him, but I just remember seeing one of his YouTube videos that I think about all the time. He says like, most people, they don't have a budgeting issue. Like, they spend over budget on their food. They spent over budget on this this month or anything. You don't have a budget issue. You have a you have an income issue. Like if if you're that stressed over this little budget, you have a you have an income issue because if you're only allowing yourself five hundred dollars a month for food and then you spend six hundred dollars, change your perspective on that situation. Do you really want to live a life where you can't even go $100? You can't even splurge $100 for some food, extra food for a month? So instead of focusing on how you can budget better, focus on how you can make money better. Because then once you make, like, here's one thing. Even when I was a young kid, like, I'm talking 14 years old. This is when I really started changing my perspective on money. I never, ever allowed myself to use terminology such as budgeting budgets definitely never um expensive i maybe i maybe i have used expensive but one word that i definitely never used was budgeting and affordability or afford like i would never say i don't know if i can afford that oh dude it just gives me a it just gives me a sickening feeling to even think about using that word afford the only for the only afford that I want to use is a Ford GT. Shout out Andy Frisella because he I think he has the only one in, in Missouri. But I never want to use the word afford unless I'm ter- talking about a Ford GT because I think Ford that's probably one one of their only cool cars they've ever made. Sorry for the Mustang people out there, but I like to even use that word. It's just like training my brain to say. You can't have this. You can't have this. You can't have this. You can't afford this. You don't have enough money. Like that one kid, let me tell you this quick story. And then I'm going to get into these uh, questions on the email. A lot of people, maybe some of you don't, most of you probably don't know this story because it was way back uh, at the beginning of my YouTube, um, this channel's YouTube career. And I mentioned... uh, I was talking about like changes that dropshipping bring or whatever. And I was talking about this one kid. And if you guys have ever seen someone comment on one of my videos being like, um, how we live in bro, how we live in bro. That became like a, a meme in this little community we got going on. So let me tell you the story behind this. I was busing. And when I dropped out of college, it was in August, 2016, And I was planning to move to L.A. and become an Uber driver February 2017. So, like, work for for about five, six months and then just go and become a realtor. That was my original plan. So, there was this one kid in my town who was also moving that exact same uh, time. And we talked. We vibed super well. We were very similar. And he, like, flipped uh, clothing and shoes and stuff. And I I was, like, busing, whatever, but... I had a, I had like thousands saved up. I had like, 
at the time we were about to move probably like three or 4,000. And so we found this place. It was third, it was 2,600 a month. So 1300 a piece easy. And then I had enough to like get the car and then start Uber driving and all that. Potentially even get um, my old job back, but probably not. And so he said he was down. He said he was down. He said he was down. So about a couple weeks before, like I'm like I'm in communication with the lady, and she's like, "Okay, well we'll take the payment whenever." I'm like, "Okay," and then he just kept delaying, delaying, and so maybe it made it look bad for me with this lady I was talking about, but I wasn't too concerned. I just wanted to get this payment in so we so I can start booking um, booking flights and booking the trip and just being out of this horrible situation that I considered myself being and get my perspective, but. I'm not going to lie. It was a really bad situation just living there. So I was so desperate to leave, so desperate to leave. And he knew this. I even knew this. Um, so a cup, like, I think in January, it was either late December or early January. And we're supposed to move February 2nd. This dude messages me and goes, um, hey, man, I don't think I can live with you. Uh it just doesn't seem like you have enough money to live with me or something like that. And I don't want to be cover. I don't want to be covering your slack or something like that. And I go, no, because I'm going to be an Uber driver. I literally can make as much money as I want. Like, and if not, I still have this backup job that they said they would give me that pays really well. And he goes, I just can't do it, bro. You just don't have enough money. And I was fucking heartbroken because that just means, man, I have to live here who knows long because I can't, I didn't say this, but saying it back, I don't really care. I couldn't afford to live somewhere on my own unless it was like a random private room, which I did not want to do. But, but I didn't say that to, but I didn't say that to myself. I didn't say that to anybody. I just knew that I couldn't do it. So I said that I won't be able to do it, but I never, ever put the thought of, I can't afford to do this in my head. One second guys. Cause my low, uh, my, my camera is low on battery, so I just want to make sure we're all good. Yeah, we're gooch. So, fast forward, I move out to LA with my friend Aaron, and then Aaron eventually leaves, and I'm just out there by myself. And I'm, I'm contacting this kid because this is how desperate I was just to have a friend out there. I knew nobody out there uh, at the time. I didn't have one single friend except Camilla. I met Camilla pretty early, so I had like Camilla, but I didn't have a guy friend. I just had my friend Camilla, who I love so much. Shout out Camilla. Every, a lot of you definitely have starting to notice Camilla because I mention her a lot. She was definitely a big part of my story and definitely a big part of my life. I just wanted a male uh, friend, and I didn't have any. Who the fuck wants to be? Everyone coming to L.A. with an agenda they could give a fuck about some um, Uber driver kid who's just talking about, oh, he has a social media marketing dream or he's working on drop shipping. Who could give a fuck? So nobody wanted it. I was mainly by myself after Aaron left that whole time and hanging out with Camilla uh, here and there. I was mainly by myself, and I remember I was so desperate I'd be hitting this kid up trying to link up with him, and I looked at my texts, because of what I'm leading to. I hit him up in a th two or three month period. I hit him up nine different times. And all nine times, he did not, uh, he had an excuse. He's like, oh, I'm in the studio. Oh, I can't do that. I'm really trying to focus. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Never wanted to hang out, okay? So I never ended up seeing him one time, actually. Uh, and then when I got back, this is uh, now November 27, I moved back and I started making money drop shipping. I remember I messaged him because he was big sh in the shoe community. I didn't have hard feelings, but I was like, this time I was like, this is like a necessary evil I got to gotta ask because he was a big in the shoe com um, community. And I was like, hey, do you know where I can get blue tint Yeezys? And that's this dude, because this is like right when drop shipping took off and he had no clue, but this is when I could actually afford Yeezys. And this guy just did not respond until one year later, literally an entire year later. I looked, I still have the text to this day. He responds with, how we living, bro? Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, question mark, exclamation mark, all in caps. Because he saw what I was doing. Something that he was trying to do. Like what he's, what 
I'm just going to go say what he tried to do failed completely, completely failed. I don't know. He might still make money flipping shoes, but he was trying to be like a rapper and everything. And he was just getting real bad backlash on it. This like not successful at all. Unfortunately for him, but did not work out. Like what he went to LA to do, to do did not work out at all. And it seems like he just blew through all of his money. So then he hits me up and I, with the how we live in, bro. That was when I permanently changed my perspective on everybody in my entire past that I haven't talked to in at least a year. And that is why my perspective on all the people who hit me up nowadays is, is different. Because four months later, I flew to Boca Raton to meet Jared Getz. And this is right when people really started hitting me up, especially a lot of finance. If you're a financial advisor and you haven't talked to me in years, don't try it. Do not try it. It's not going to work. Six people have already tried it. Uh, it's not going to work for you, I promise, okay? And I asked Jared, I'm like, what do you do when like people from the past like hit you up? Like on Facebook, it's like, do you respond to them? And he goes, not a single one. I'm like, okay, that's all I needed to know. That is all I needed to know. And ironically, about a week before I moved back to St. Louis, uh, this past time I was in LA, this dude literally just sits right next to me at Takaya. Like, not next to me where he can see me, but one seat up and to the right. He just sits down. I'm like, what are the fucking chances? And it took everything in my bones not to go up to him and go, yo, <laughs> how we living, bro? Oh, my God. Damn, that would have been the best. And then just walked away. And then just straight up walked away because he's still in that tiny little little apartment that we probably would have shared if I would have if I would have uh, lived with him. He's still there while I was on the top of the fucking hills in the Hollywood Hills at that badass house with Mikey, Fez, and Sebas. Fuck you to every fucking person who ever doubted me. I'm just saying that right now because I proved everybody wrong and all those people I proved wrong are now coming to me for that advice and they're getting that big middle finger. Let, hold on one second. This is just for all the people watching the video right now. One second. I'm going to show you what I'm going to give these fuckers when they try to do that. See, all these people... You see, all these people who come up to me, uh, who doubted me, who I knew were talking shit, because if you talk shit behind my back, I guarantee it's going to come to me. All these people who come up to me asking for advice, asking like we're cool, asking if we're big friends, that's right, fuck it. They're getting the big one today. They're getting the big one. This doesn't even do it justice enough. They're getting that big motherfucking middle finger. They're getting that middle finger up the ass because if you doubted me, that just shows you did not believe in me. And why are you believing in me now and believing in what I do when you never did? So fuck you and let's get into these questions. Ha <laughs> ha. Let's do it. What a way to cap off the perspective podcast. All right. All right. Um, so let me see where we left off because, again, like I said, I, oh man, where did I, sorry if I don't get to your questions. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where I started when I did the, the podcast thing. Um, bear with me one question, guys. Uh, I'm sorry, bear with me one second, guys. Okay. Uh, okay, let's just start here. I don't think, actually, no, yeah, I don't think I, I did this, okay? So Matt says, oh, sorry, didn't mean to use your name. So he's 15 years old from England. He worked his ass off while going to school full-time, and he's making six figures in revenue from drop shipping. And he's so hungry to be successful in life because he keeps passing out uh, every time he gets back from school, but he's, he only has time to spend about 30 minutes on e-com a day. So he's wishing he was older because then he'd have a lot more free time. He wouldn't have a school or anything like that. So he says, how can I manage my time better? 
And should I give up working as hard as I do in school? Or should I start getting up earlier? I mean, I always say at least finish high school. I mean, there's so many different ways to finish high school too. Remember that. Whatever floats your boat. And then he says, how can I find more motivation at my parents' house? Perspective, man. Just change that perspective. I know it's hard. And I know I went through the the exact same thing, but I'm the exact, I was in the exact same way. And I do apologize about that. I'm not sure if I answered that question before, but I have answered that question before uh, in a video. Okay. So we're going to start right here. This man says that he remembers in my, my, uh, in my life podcast where I covered everything in my life. He mentioned how I had, um, that's those growths in my chest removed and he was born with a cleft lip and it's been fixed since he was nine months old, but my, but his lip is still a little weird. Do you know, is there a type of surgery that could fix that? I, I don't know, man. I'm sorry to hear that, but I feel like that's, uh, that's better for Google. Uh, I, I, I never even heard of, heard of that before. So you're, you're asking the wrong one here. Okay. So green, uh, yo, Scott, greetings from San Diego. What are your tips you have to boost your mental health? If there are any books, please let me know the names. Also, I struggle to eat healthy and go to the gym, which is probably why a lot of the days I feel weak and tired, no energy. So go to my most recent video on my YouTube channel where I cover all the books that changed my life. And I would start, try, like, it's it's kind of overwhelming. And I see people mainly fail when they try to eat healthy and go to the gym, like raw, like they're going to raw dog the, the eating healthy and the gym. I would say start with the gym because... Just go to the gym every day for an hour. Just keep that consistent. If you keep that consistent, then that's going to set the standard for the consistency in all other areas of your life. So I think it's really important that you find that you start with one thing that you keep consistent and then you add the consistencies. This subject is literally called drop shipping. Not opening that one. Uh, let's see. Hey, Scott, my name is Alexander. If you guys put your name in the email, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm just going to say that. I am a 17-year-old based out of Charleston, South Carolina. I do the practice of celibacy as many other high-achieving men did, such as Muhammad Ali, Nikola Tesla, Steve Jobs, and many others. What are your thoughts on the practice and do you participate? I don't, but I hear it's a good thing. It makes sense. Sexual transmutation, I believe, is the technical term for it. And essentially is it's the theory that a man's greatest energy is his sexual energy, the most intense one. And to be able to shift that into anything you want is one of the most powerful life hacks um, ever. So, yeah, more power to you if you want. That's just obviously a personal question, personal to each person. Uh, this question is kind of ecommy and something I already answered. Got a lot of jerking off questions. Uh, this person asking the environment. Okay. What are the funniest things that money allows you to do? If I want to bet someone to do something with a good amount of cash, I actually just have the cash. So I, if I want to see something like, I don't mean in a dickish way and I really haven't done this, but if I ask someone like, how much would it take for you to jump into that pile of shit right there, that, that, uh, sewer water and they say 500 bucks, I have 500 bucks that I would gladly hand over to see someone do that. Cause it would give me $500 worth of joy. I, I have not done anything like that just to be clear, but I'm saying that the opportunity is that um, like you can get some really funny shit going uh, with, with money and paying people to do stuff. <laughs> uh, okay. 
This guy says, what's good, Scott? What do you think about this whole COVID situation? And what do you know about the new world order? Some say this whole year was planned so the elites could have more control over us after fucking up the economies of the world. According to the sources who research and study this stuff for a living, this is the only, the first phase of where we're heading towards a dystopian world very soon. So luckily we live in the greatest country in the world, and that is the United States of America. The spirit in this country is extremely high. So I feel like in terms of countries to be in, if there is a new world order takeover, we're in a pretty damn good one because the government in um, the United States may be a little kooky, maybe a little fucked up, but the people are very patriotic here. At least, at least like, at least where I am, at least. Uh, and I'd say the majority of America is very patriotic and they love this country so much, just like me, that they would not let it be handed over. So the COVID stuff, I don't even want to talk about because to even talk about it become brings a political stigma to it. And that's the unfortunate thing that happened with COVID. You cannot even question one thing about it without getting a label on it. You cannot even accept anything about it without getting labeled uh, one of the political areas. It's so fucked up. It is so fucked up. Like, I even had someone say, like, they, they said that I'm for sure a Trump supporter because I prefer to wear this mask over a regular mask, okay? And if for those of you not watching, it's a bandana. I like having a bandana and I and this is literally how I talked about. It. I was like, I just like having a bandana. First of all, everybody wears a mask. I don't want to wear a mask. You guys know me. I don't like doing stuff that everybody else is doing. Nor do I want to look like everybody else. So I'm not going to wear the same fucking blue and white mask that everybody wears. Nor am I going to wear a mask in general because I don't want to be just lumped into a bunch of people who are doing the exact same thing. And this is way more convenient. And then like uh, like the guys who heard me talk about this. We're, dr- we're getting driven back uh, by my friend, and they're like, man, I really like Sky. He's a cool guy, but I can just tell he's a huge Trump supporter. And it's just like, holy fuck. So we can't even speak on our personal preferences. If, if you go, like, the if you don't do exactly what you're told, exactly how everyone else is doing, exactly the way people are doing, like how, why, and what, then this is who you support, or this is the political party you're in, or this... All I said was I want to I I like using a bandana more than a mask. And then someone even said uh, recently, uh, what's it called? The ones that are like uh, that duck shooters wear. I forget what it is. Um, it's like it's like um, how can I best describe it? It's kind of like what baseball. Wear. It's a, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it hangs around your neck, but then you can bring it up, and it's kind of like basically an extended turtleneck. Someone said that. Uh, anyone who wears those, it's not racist, but it kind of is. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about right now? Like, because the world has become so separated on this one topic that you cannot question or do anything out of the absolute official narrative or you're a horrible person. You're going to get banned. You're going to get labeled. You're going to get canceled. I'm not falling for any of that. I'm not falling for any of that. So I wish I could dive deep into what I really think about this whole COVID situation. Um, Because first of all, if you guys have followed me on Instagram, you guys know I don't attach my personal beliefs to what the political party, uh, political parties tell me to. And it's, if you're not with us, you're against us. For example, when all this started happening, if you guys follow me on social media, you knew I was so pro lockdown. I'm like, I was talking shit to people who are going out. I was condemning all these stupid gatherings they're doing. Cause I'm like, you guys are fucking idiots. We got a pandemic going on right now. We need to shut everything down so we can cure this fucker and all that. I was so pissed. And I would, I'll really talk about how horrible you are if you were going out during this lockdown. But now I'm again, I'm kind of pretty much against the lockdown. Um, that's why I was going to this new gym uh, 30 minutes away uh, because, because there's just so many things and I don't want to get too much into it, but I just want to give you that example 
because it's just so unfortunate that you cannot have a conversation anymore without getting labeled. And then because you get labeled, people try to discredit anything you say when all it goes back to was just simply questioning or having a conversation about this one topic. So I try to avoid this topic at all costs because people's perspectives, you see what I'm doing here, will shift simply because you question something or you agree with something. Because there's a lot of people who were mad at me when I was pro-lockdown. And then there's a lot of people who were mad at me when I wasn't pro-lockdown. So all I'm doing is I'm analyzing the world through my own lens and through my own eyes. And that's it. I'm not thinking, what should this... Well, if I identified as this political party, how can I be accepted to the most extreme? Okay, so I got to believe this. Okay, I can do that. Believe this. Okay. Oh, he says to believe this. Yeah, I can do that. No, that's not me. No one tells me what to think. No one tells me what to do. And no one tries and no one does any of that shit. Only I do that. So I can pick and choose what I believe in. I'm not a, I'm not part of any political party. I definitely don't identify as part of any political party. I identify as an independent and I choose what I think. Just be, So, Jesus Christ, you guys got me on a rampage here. But I, I just got to make that clear because it's so frustrating that the COVID, like uh, an epidemic is now politis- politicized so that you can't even talk about it. And that's why I'm going to talk about it. Um, let me see. Uh, stock market question, passing that. Another stock market question, passing that. Okay, so this man writes, what were you doing when you felt most passionate and alive and what worries you the most about the future? When I felt most passionate and alive was right at the beginning of YouTube and right at the beginning of drop shipping. Those two things, I'm like, I'm set. I knew it. I knew it from the start. I'm like, this is, this is the foundation for everything I want to accomplish out of life. And so just my day-to-day is the most passionate. What I'm doing right now with the podcast, fuck yeah. What worries you about, uh, What worries you the most about the future? I would just say the, the concerns of COVID, the, um, like how many people could die, how many people might get really sick or might change their chemistry in their body because of this. Uh, that's my biggest worry, the, the change of the world because of this disease. Um, but we'll see what happens. We'll really see. This guy says, hey, Scott, I've been struggling on giving a fuck lately, and I watch you, and you just don't give a flying fuck at all. What's some advice to give a fucker not giving a fuck? Fucking holy shit, fucker. I don't fucking know. All you got to fucking do is say fucker. If you got something you got something to say to me, you're getting the big one. You're getting that big one right up the ass. And that's all you got to think of. That's why I keep this middle finger right there on my window with a stack of $100,000 because I don't give a fuck. And if you think I do, you're getting the middle finger because that's fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, uh, for that question, uh, you just got to understand that the people around you are not you and the people online are not you. And do not do not cave to changing who you are or changing what you say or what you do simply because you want to fit in and you don't want to be an outcasted by the internet police or whatever. Okay, we got four more. Another dropshipping question. Okay, so three more, and the the last one's a long one, and it it looks like an interesting one, so I'm going to literally read through that whole thing as the last question, but I'm going to answer these two first. Thoughts on young love. Also, funny relationship story if you got one. Also, if you could throw light on living in a... I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. Thoughts on young love. You're trying to get me capped. You're You're trying to make me catch a case. Um, let's see, what's your, (laughs) 
I don't even see a question on this one. Let's just go straight to this one. Okay, so let's just call this guy P. Hey, Scott, you've probably heard this a thousand times, but you're incredible, man, because of your podcast and messages I learned from them. I was able to secure my first couple sales. Cool. Anyway, I get a, to give a little context, I'm a 15-year-old living in Minnesota. A lot of 15-year-olds drop shipping. It's really, that, that number I see a lot when people say how old they are. Anyway, to give a little context, I'm a 15-year-old living in Minnesota, but I was born in India and moved here when I was one. I've lived in the States my whole life, and I'm practically an American in a lot of ways. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember this one. So basically, he's asking, um, he is an Indian man, and he came here when he was young. And uh, his parents expect him to also marry uh, an Indian woman. But he likes the white girls right there. He says, but at the same time, I don't see why a white girl can't adopt Hindu culture and traditions. And uh, just as I'm willing to adopt American ones. Yeah, brilliant, man. You got a great head on your shoulders. Great head on your shoulders. That's the thing. It's the give and take. And that's the, that's the beautiful thing about America. This is a melting pot. It's not one way or the other. It's literally a melting pot. You're supposed to take from cultures and give to cultures. It's supposed to be a melting pot where everybody... You know, that's, and that's what's so beautiful about America. And it seems to be getting a little bit forgotten. It's so many cultures. So bring so many different things. You're supposed to pick and use some, and then you're also supposed to contribute your own culture. And it's supposed to just go around like that. It's like a sushi boat. And it seems that your parents think it's a betrayal if you don't date an Indian girl. I'm going to tell you right now, man, you're living in the land of the free USA. They do not, if you, if they, if you are more concerned with impressing, if you are more concerned with making your parents happy than making your own life happy, you got to shift that perspective real quick because you got issues. Sorry to lay it on you or anyone like that. You got issues if you are choosing an unhappy life to make your parents happy. Like if they, if a, they want you to be a doctor or whatever, and you don't want to be, it is a hundred percent your fault for doing that. So if you don't want to marry an Indian girl and you still marry an Indian girl, it's 100% your fault and you deserve everything that's coming to you. Cause he ends it with, sorry if this is a lame question. The obvious answer is to follow my gut, but even then, I'm conflicted and have no idea. I don't know how much of this is actually understandable, especially considering you never face anything like this, but I'm in a good mood right now, so I figure, why not? What's the worst you could say? Do it, man. Do you Follow your gut always, but never change your preferences, especially who you're going to marry, simply to make your parents happy. Ooh, you might give them a little grin, but you will not be grinning if that's not who you want to be with. So... Yeah, I'm going to end that right there, guys. I th want to thank you guys so much for watching. If you have any questions, non-dropshipping, non-stock, non just like think about these questions should be anything but how to make money. Like I'm trying to help you on a personal level. I'm trying to connect with you on a mental level, not just this is how you make this amount of money. This is how you can make more money. This is how you can increase your ROAS. That's not what this podcast is about. This is about the simplification of life and applying these simple principles to change your life in a good way, whether that be money or anything, but this is the foundational aspect of it all right now. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for watching. This is a great podcast, no doubt. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Let me know what you think about this in the comments. If you reach the end of this podcast, let me know. Comment the chat, uh, comment chapstick gang in the in the comments below. If you made it all the way here to the end, I want to see that chapstick gang. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for watching. Peace out.